My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. I'm Jamie. I'm Jeff. Sean. And Rachel. And welcome to episode 20. Today we are spoiler free and talking about Bastet, the Morgan, Babbed, and Maka. Or however we you pronounce it. We are not that. past expiration date. We are not spoiled. You will not find spoiler in this podcast. All right. So we have some news, don't we? Sean? Do we? Do we? I don't know. I don't know. I've been asleep. Oh, we do. We do indeed. All right. We've got uh, the Necromancers coming out in a few days, a couple weeks, or however you want to look at it, in uh, the UK. So our friends across the pond can get their hands on the book. Uh, We can finally actually talk about the dang thing here. (laughs) So that's the – I guess the the biggest thing is that before our next podcast, we will have had a – the Necromancer will be released worldwide. Well, in English worldwide, anyway. I'm sure the right, yeah, translations and whatnot will be a few months be. behind. But, right. Uh, but because of the Necromancer release a couple months ago, beginning of May, we had a bit of a game on our website here for the uh, Where's Michael contest. And uh, we gave you a series of clues. And anyone who correctly guessed where Michael was... Being held captive was the winner of a signed copy of the Necromancer and a Nalgene water bottle with the Necromancer logo on it. And that was Leukothea. I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation of it, but our forum member, her forum name is Leukothea, and she was the big winner. And for those of you that are wondering, Michael was in the jewel room in the Tower of London. Yep. So. Pretty much anyone who answered Tower of London was given credit. And if you played, thanks for playing. If you guessed right, fantastic. Yes, good job to anyone that guessed the right answer. Uh, so what other news do we have? Got uh, four uh, brand new covers that was revealed. Yes. Of the book. And um, you can, you know, if you've been on the forums or been on um, the portal website, You'll be able to find all the uh, the UK covers because we, we talked a little bit before about why the whole big delay was for the UK for the Necromancer. You know, and it finally came out that the reason it was being delayed was because they were revamping and rejacketing the entire series, starting with the Necromancer. So um, slowly we were getting images in of the new covers, and you know, we've got them all now, all four of the covers. They went back and redid. Um, they pulled off the shelves the old covers of the alchemist, the magician, and the sorceress, and they're reissuing all these new covers now, and they'll come out at the same date as um, as the Necromancer does. So, you know, jump on the uh, the the portal there main page, and you should find a new post about it, and it has the links to the uh, four images. You know, I, you know, maybe maybe a segment of these uh, images would be something. For us to discuss, like we did our covers images for the uh, for the U.S. covers before. So, like them or not, 
That's what that's what the UK is getting. <laughs> and we we have a poll for like you to let not. us know if you like them or not. We got a poll about it. If you don't like it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely let us know. But uh, not a big fan myself. Um, I no. like the uh, the old ancient looking covers that we've got uh, here in the U.S. and will continue to have here in the U.S. And so they seem to be trying to skew them. It's a mixed bag. You know, they more look more like movie posters. I think individually, they're they're kind of hard to stomach. But I think when you put the set together, like seeing all four together, they looked a lot better as a set than they did individually. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I hundred I, I percent agree with you. The big thing that I've got with them, I guess, is that you know how a book will come out or a series will come out, and it'll have a nice theme going across it and stuff, and then it'll be made into a movie, and then all of a sudden they're going to reimagine the series with a movie cover. Quite recently, they did that with, like, say, the Twilight series. They reissued the books with movie covers. And this kind of feels like, it looks like that. You know what I mean? It yeah. kind of feels like mm-hmm. they've redone it for, like, a for like a it, it looks it, like a They, they look like more a like a movie poster, poster than a book cover. They, they do. And, um, I mean, I, I can see maybe to peep someone... Maybe younger generation, I guess, that would, those covers would be more appealing to, maybe. I, I don't know. But I think readers of the series, that's not the theme of the series, is not this this mm-hmm. vibrant, you know what I mean? This vibrant uh, jump-out-in-your-face colors and, and trench coats and, you know, things like that. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go, how well it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mixed bag on the forums and on our poll right now, on our main page poll. It's kind of a mixed bag right now. It's about 50-50 of the like, dislike. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that if someone likes that kind of a theme of, of a book series and reading it, and then they like these covers and they pick them up and they start reading it, I think they're going to get a different view of the book series once they start reading it from what they see on the cover. I agree. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it, I don't know how well it's going to eventually turn out, but it is what it is, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad I live in the in the states. <laughs> <laughs> the covers don't seem to suggest that they're siblings. No, the two figures. No, they well, they they definitely um, they definitely do not. I don't know in uh, that kind of a format how you, what would be. A defi- definite or a definitive portrayal of a brother sister in that kind of a format. We even had Very trouble true. with that. Yeah, with uh, with our with our page and our image. So it was really hard. There's a fine line there that you can that can sway either way. And I think I think with our first image, I think we did a really good job. But you know, just as what they've done, you know, we kind of thought about that to ourselves when we went to reimagine our logo and said, you know. The holding hands thing and looking at each other, I don't know the, the whole suggestiveness of it. So that's why we decided to separate them and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And you know, it's kind of how the series is going anyway. You, you don't really see the rift between them until it progresses through the book. But if you go back and reread, it's really always kind of been there since about the middle of The Alchemist. As soon as like Sophie got awakened, there was this there was this disconnect between them. Alrighty, emails. So we got an email this month. Uh, from Zach D. And he said, uh, Hello, Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris, and Machu Picchu. 
On the last podcast, you guys discussed the best method to use to complete the Aura Challenge, the Frogger Style Challenge. And I just wanted to let you know the different paths I used that were just as fast, if not faster. For He's the showing first you screen... up, Sean. Yeah. Oh, here. Let's see. <laughs> see what he has to say. For the first screen, you have the traffic scene. Your suggestion was to go clear to the right and then go up between the first two cabs. For my path, I go straight up two places from where I start. I go between the first two cabs, but you can go as soon as you start. And then immediately go one place to the left. I then wait for the first SUV to pass, and I go up between the first and second SUV and in front of the Golem. It's hard to tell, but judging off where the other cars are when I finish, I think it's just as fast, if not slightly faster, than your path. I'll tackle them in order here. Um, it's probably just as fast, but there's a lot of waiting and pausing and moving. That's why I suggested the go all the way to the right and then straight up. It, For those of us not quite as, as well. fast as the Frogger, um, the I tried – I actually – this was one of the ones that I tried, his, and I just kept getting run over. <laughs> <laughs> so, Your frogs look I, like my frogs. Mine yes. win. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, uh, yours actually worked for – I think it probably just – it also depends on how quick you are. You know, I think the... part of it, too, is depending on how fast your computer loads and plays Flash, because mm-hmm. the game ran a little slower on my laptop than it did on my on my PC. Mm, uh, okay. So it I could do the same path, but it kind of jumped a little more and was a little slower. But so Zach goes on to say um, for the second screen, I do the same thing as you guys. Then for the last screen, I just go straight up the line of ships as soon as it starts. You don't have to go one place to the right as you guys suggested. I assume this is slightly faster because it cuts that one step, although it is probably only a tenth of a second difference or less. He is right there. I would do it that way sometimes, but it it almost seemed like the way the game loaded or if it was just off by that tenth of a second because sometimes I made it clean across. Other times I hit the water. Shark beat. Uh, it seems sort of a 50-50 shot. Um, well, maybe probably more like a 75-25 shot. Most of the time, you would get all the way across, but the other way, I, I never hit the water. So, no, going straight across does work. Okay, so those were the Frogger comments he had. And um, the Choose Your Path challenge was somewhat boring and not very fun because the correct choices, and correct is in quotes, and I made air quotes, but this is a podcast, and you can't <laughs> see me do that. Because the Video podcast air quote correct choices didn't make sense for example the one time you encounter stone gargoyles and you either distract them with wind or create a wall of fire to keep them at bay well we know that they must be actively controlled by the person animating them so they wouldn't get distracted by something that can't hurt and we know that a regular wall of flames isn't going to keep them at bay either so neither choice should be plausible i'm also trying to figure out how a bus outruns a giant boar in order for you to get away (laughs) that was that one was you know a bus can go like 80 how fast can a boar really run i don't know is it a cheetah? It's no, it's a giant boar. Like oh, darn. <laughs> well, then I don't know. Overall, the quest for the Codex was pretty much a disappointment. Something that is more skill-based and more challenging would be a lot more fun and interesting. Thanks for the podcast, and keep them coming, guys and gals. Zach D. from Northwest Ohio. And we gave all our opinions about the quest for the Codex last time and how Jamie is cruelty to frogs. And, and Josh, apparently. So uh, that was our, our email. So uh, Now, I know we've gotten a lot more listeners over the last few months. And, guys, feel free to email in. You know, We really don't get that many. If you email in, you might make the show. And if you don't want to make the show and just want to comment in, you can email it anonymously. and We won't say your name. Or if you want it to be anonymous but it's something that's actually really funny or we want to make fun of you about it, we will say your name. 
No. Anyway. No, we won't. So <laughs> don't lie. Good going on the intimidation. That's really good. <laughs> so yeah, no, feel free to email us. We love getting them and uh we love reading them on the show. So um and also um answering machine calls, feel free to leave us messages anytime. The answering machine is almost always signed on. So it's Awakenings Podcast is the uh name, so with the space awakening space podcast so just search for us on skype and feel free to leave us a message um speaking of did we get any this month jamie we have two this month two two do you have any funny accents um i don't i'm i can't remember we might (laughs) it'll be a mystery well let's play number one (laughs) hi guys i'm silver twin and i think you might know me from the boards or from pming me Anyways, I always felt really bad that you only had one or two calls ever on your answering machine, but I never got a chance to call, so now I'm calling in. I wanted to start off and say great job on all the podcasts so far. You guys are really dedicated and fantastic. And thank you to Michael Scott for recording the new beginning for the intro. I know it must not have been easy to replace the most excellent French accent that was there before. It must have been hard on all of you. (laughs) So, from listening to your latest podcast, which, in my opinion, was the Machu Picchuist of them all, I felt compelled to respond to something. First, you brought up once again that the Alchemist game could give you your aura color. How in the world did you find out what you got? I've played like ten times, and I've never found mine out. Mars never told me, and it was never posted anywhere. I just figured it was a limited time offer or something. And I also wanted to say how awesome all the mods are for keeping the spoilers under control. I know it's not easy, so good job on all of you. Well, I look forward to listening to spoiler-free podcast number 20, and hopefully I'll call in again. See ya! Well, my French accent was no worse than Fuzzbin's. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. That was a nice call. Although, I, I, I don't think that was Mars. But yeah, I'm not. I don't a, know if that was ever different. confirmed who that elder was, but um, <laughs> I was told that for a while they uh, somehow they eliminated the function that actually told you what color your aura was. But I did go back and play after I got this message, and it was working again. So I don't know if there was a temporary glitch in the it sh- game. It doesn't really hmm. reveal it. It was when it gave you like your final score and showed like the high score list or whatever. It gave it to you there. Yeah, it, whatever uh, color. The elder didn't actually. Yeah, whatever color your name shows up in, that colors your aura. Also, when you go to, I think when you finish the sorceress game, Michael says, I see a faint whatever glow around you. Around whatever you. color he says, that's your aura color. Yeah, because it was pretty much that last game that gave you your color. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for the call. It was awesome. Yes, Bazinga. absolutely. Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more call. We have a second one, huh? We do. Cool. Right. What is up? This is Fuzzbin, also known as Josh, doing a call in thingamabob of sorts. Was thinking like of the Jeff. QOM and had like a boom brain implosion thing. Like, whoa, and I was like, it was like crazy. And I was like thinking, well, if if iron and, and like artificial stuff is, is bad on elders, maybe like plastic and, and plastic and stuff would. Anyway, that was like brain out of that. Anyway, uh, 
That's it. Rock on, fuzzy. Sound like Jeff. I think he was trying to mimic Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's the surfer, dude. I'm still staying with the George. With Carter. the the slow talking <laughs> and the likes. You're just saying that because he's the... not here to defend himself. No, I'm <laughs> telling you. All right, Josh, who are you being? Because I'm calling Jeff because it would be hilarious. <laughs> not very nice. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know that they're allergic to plastic. No, I'm thinking not. Oh. I think it's just the iron. <laughs> yeah. So, we had a podcast we poll. Did. We did. For we who did. is the strongest, the Morgan, Matcha, Babda, or they're all equal? They're all equal was the vast winner of the poll. Although I must say, this poll marks the most votes we've gotten in a month for a poll. How much? Oh, cool. 53 Holy votes. Mackerel. Usually we get Usually half that. Usually in the 30s. <laughs> Yeah, we we're usually in the 30s with the occasional 40, but awesome. yeah, we hit we hit 53 votes on this one. Keep it up, guys. I thought it was a rather timid poll. We were kind of stuck for something to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who is the strongest? Then yeah, um, all equal won 62 percent. The Morrigan of if you want to take out the all equal section of the voting, the Morrigan did beat out the other two. The Morrigan had 26 percent of the vote. And Matcha and Bab each only got six percent. In all, oh wow! In all fairness, though, the other two are kind of more of an entity than she is. I mean, we only ever saw them together. So yeah, and we we really only saw Matcha and Babda for about a minute and a half. So it was kind of you a know, rape got, like, one relatively sh- speaking. Right? <laughs> so and the Morgan was able to contain them. So I think you could argue that the Morgan is the strongest, mainly because she was able to actually control the other two. Very true. Until of course she was weakened enough that. The other two could come through. But. They could take care. Yeah, they could take over again. So, so that is the poll. And, you know, like we usual, we'll get into our answers as I'm sure the discussion leans that way. So we had a QOM and it was, why do you think Bastet? Because we're talking about both of them in this podcast here. And uh, so the poll was about the Morrigan. And this one is uh, QOM is, why do you think Bastet has a higher tolerance for iron than other elders? And I don't believe it has anything to do with plastic. Mm, no, I'm going to go with no on that one. <laughs> yeah. So our first response yeah. is from Sarah from Selena, Kansas, which I don't think we've had this person respond before. So thank you for responding. And she says, because she smells worse. Hmm. I, I didn't know iron was, I mean, my, my cats, I have two cats and yeah, they can stink up a, a bathroom with their litter box, but I can still, you know bring iron into the bathroom maybe her smell masks the properties of iron maybe it has something to do with smell maybe. do we know best at smell i don't think we do <laughs> catnip would be awesome though yeah <laughs> we, we we bought my cats catnip lobster claws up in maine over the weekend no. <laughs> oh dear and yeah it was pretty hilarious to watch them play immensely and just roll around on them yeah, but the yeah. actual lobsters that we had, they were scared. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> Those things creep me out. So uh, our next <laughs> QOM is not about lobsters. <laughs> no. And it is from Brittany Bishop in Newfoundland, Canada. It's uh, quite a ways away from me, but uh, I've always wanted to go to Newfoundland. So, hey. And uh, she says, because she has been around it more, seeing as she was a big help with the Egyptians, also... It's a possibility that she has been in so many battles, she has built up an immunity to iron. P.S. If you want any more picks for the fan gallery, I have a few more. Huge fan. Brittany, 
N.E. Bishop. And yes, she actually has submitted a couple things. And um, yeah, sure, send them on in. Things have been a bit busy with all the changes and stuff that we've had going on on the on the, the portal and the forum and everything with the games and stuff. So our gallery section's been a little neglected. We've had some submissions, but uh, haven't had a chance to get them all up on the site yet. Sure, uh, send them in, and they will eventually find their way on. I promise. And uh, so no, I mean I can I like the uh, the idea of the immunity. Um, building up kind of an immunity, been around it so long that she's just kind of built up a tolerance. Mm-hmm. Uh, next QM is from uh, Devin from Washington, and he just simply says, because she is next generation. So, yeah, this, she is next generation, actually. So <laughs> She's not next generation. I just what I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say, is that actually she's not. <laughs> so I, I, I said not in my head. It just didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah, that doesn't uh so yeah, that doesn't really uh unless they mean really she's really next generation. What like Star Trek next well, generation? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's she she's really Patrick Stewart inside. That'd be scary. Make it so number two. Um we have another from N Machiavelli three five fourteen sixty nine. Location Paris. The response is because she is a dark elder and has a higher tolerance because she lived in Egypt and there they use iron. But here is another theory about this. Here it comes. She is actually an archon who can tolerate iron, of course. Well, bye for now. So there's a she's different a great take on elder. it. Yeah. It's just, so either she's, elder. it's because she's a great elder or because she's an archon. Interesting. And also in has the guys. And, and he also mentions the living in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So there we get the immunity, building up the tolerance. All right. Our next response is from Silver Twin. Also. Who called in? From Mm -hmm. Vancouver, Canada. And she says. Two Canadians. Canadians. Uh We're about to be overrun here. Um, We've only got one from the U.S. so far. (laughs) And she said, I would assume so, but we haven't seen enough elders that hang around iron stuff to really get a good picture. They're usually... In their own private shadow realms. So if they don't like iron, there wouldn't be iron there. But Bastet must have a good tolerance to keep living on Earth. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I think the only real fear of iron that we saw was with Hecate and and the alchemist when Nick pulls out his knife to cut the apple. Mm, Right. And I kind of actually like that scene from a, if you look at a little deeper standpoint, is apple is one of Hecate's scents and Nick was cutting an apple with an iron knife. That is a good point. So, so threatening thought, there, right? Foreshadowing, maybe. So I have a little bit of a, yeah, this is a little foreshadowing there too. Nice call. <laughs> but no, it makes a good point. I mean, you know, we know that. I mean, Scatty uses swords all the time, so she must have a bit of a higher tolerance for iron. Yep. There's iron and steel, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm sure she's been cut by more than a few, and she's still around. So, I mean, the next generation is certainly not as affected. But I kind of agree with, with what she has to say, too, about how we haven't necessarily seen enough elders, so maybe she doesn't necessarily have a higher tolerance. She just, or say she has a higher tolerance than, say, Hecate. But that, that doesn't mean, mean she has a higher tolerance than Mars or the Witch or other great elders, right? Other elders, yeah. Yes. And we have, um, our last QOM here is from Nikara, from the middle of nowhere, Australia. See, look at that. Another foreigner. We welcome all QOMs. We do. 
and international uh, flavor. It's cool. The middle of nowhere, Australia. Um, haven't heard of that place, but um, they say I'm thinking it's because she's been living with it for so long that her aversion to it has inevitably worn down to the point where she can be near it without being sick. Maybe it's different with each different elder. Just because one of them can't be near iron doesn't mean all of them are like that. Again, we have the built-up tolerance to theory. And I also like the fact that you know it actually goes back to what we were just talking about with what Silver Twin said, that just because Hecate reacted like that doesn't mean that all elders have that strong aversion to it. And perhaps, as yeah. you said, it was in that scene, it was as much about him cutting up an apple as it was about the yeah. knife. Yeah. Although I do so. find that interesting because I believe in some way Hecate and Bastet are related because the Morgan is both their nieces, so one would have a strong aversion to it, whereas the other one's like, eh, not such a big deal. It's interesting. Well, maybe that plays back into the who who spends time with the Humani or surrounded by Humani. Or... And who does not? Maybe who experimented on themselves. Yes, <laughs> that's true. All right. So, you know, we've kind of talked about her iron tolerance a bit here. Where does she actually, where does that come up? I'm trying to think of the scene. Um, she talks about it in The Sorceress when she's in the back of the limousine with uh, D, I believe. Mm-hmm. She's And D is questioning her about being in the car, right? Yeah. And being surrounded by the iron. I think so. And... Did she fly to, I can't remember if she flew to uh, London or if she took a shadow realm. But yeah, he was questioning her about being in the world. I doubt she flew. I mean, she looks like a cat. <laughs> no, I meant in an airplane. <laughs> Not like <laughs> No, I know. But I doubt she just walked onto a, a That is an true. <laughs> like a cat. That would have been kind of creepy. <laughs> Hey, mommy! Look at the cat. I'm gonna see if I <laughs> look can. Look at the uh, cat lady. <laughs> crazy cat lady! Don't look fun. <laughs> uh, Don't point. It's not nice to point. Now that's actually kind of interesting. I'm just doing a search of the sorceress for the word iron, and Flamel grabs Josh's arm with the iron fingers. John D has iron gray hair. It's just it's interesting the use of. Iron. Oh, it's funny. I just searched for basket. <laughs> A thought struck the NES. I thought your aversion to iron prevented you from using modern conveniences like cars. Iron is not toxic to me, unlike some of the other elders. I can tolerate it for short periods of time, and much of this vehicle is carbon fiber. Dean nodded gravely, filing away the information that iron was not toxic to all elders. He'd always assumed that it was the coming of iron that had driven the elders out of this world. After more than 400 years in their service, there was still so much he did not know about them. There you have it. Not all so, elders. It sounds like it may not, yeah. She may just be one of the lucky ones. It's like not being allergic to poison ivy or something. Right. Where some people are. Some people are lucky and can roll around in it all day and not get affected. Me, if I look at it funny, I'm itchy for a week. I'm with you. <laughs> so. Although carbon fiber is a pretty neat technology, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not metal. That would be very cool, though. Yes. So, yes. Her aversion to iron apparently might not even really be anything at all. She's one of the lucky ones. We might find out that there's a reason why some elders are, some elders aren't, but not all right. elders are. And it, it could it could be, I mean, it also could be how long they were on Danutalis before it fell. True. Awesome. How close to being next generation they are. Mm-hmm. 
I think Scotty says something about how it doesn't affect her like it does Hecate, too. It's part of, like, how the next generation can handle the codex, but they can't read it or something, and how the elders can't even touch it. But I was right. very similar to that. So, uh, what are some other talking points we've got on Best Dead? Why is she here? Yeah, why is she on Earth? A lot of the Dark Elders retreated into their little shadow realms, ran off. I've got a feeling she's under orders. Possible. Hmm. She's still in service. Like, while she is a an, a full elder, I, she may be in, still in service to another elder. Maybe D's elders, or you know, she, I think she works for someone and they pretty much said, no, you're going to stay behind and keep tabs. Or perhaps she escaped and she's being utilized as someone who – because I kind of – I get the impression the Dark Elders are actually trapped in their Shadow Realms yeah, of sorts. And they need like alignments to be able to get in and maybe she managed to escape that fate and now she's spying type of thing or she's like an agent on the inside. I also – I'm also wondering if how she was worshipped in Egypt and where she was in that – particular pantheon tied her to the earth in such a way that she could travel that way or didn't get trapped into another shadow realm or didn't have to retreat well and i'm not wondering i'm wondering maybe she wasn't a bad guy well and i'm wondering yeah because bastet was a very the cat goddess in egyptian mythology was very beloved by the people um, they worshipped cats they they loved them so i'm wondering if she might have stayed around because People loved her, you know. Why go if everybody's worshiping you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think it could be more too. She loved every second of that. Oh, I'm sure. Wouldn't doubt it. And then right. when and that did, didn't want to leave it. When that worshiping sort of went away, she became angry and moved to Bel Air. But also, she. I mean, I think she probably did get angry, but I think she probably also. I mean, she kept. I would think she would keep Humani around her, who would continue to worship her. Well, because she, she needed that. Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is no longer around her. Yes, right. He was pretty um, much just watching over her while she slept, I think. So, just sort of protecting her type of thing. Yeah. Keeping the humanity. Well, because it was, it was a big deal when they went and like woke her up. They were like, she's going to be mad. Yeah. When you, live in a, when you live in a mansion <laughs> outside of Bel Air. Did you say Bel Air? Now, this is a story all about how her life got flipped, turned upside down. And... and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you all about the cat goddess of a town called Bel Air. On West End, Utalis, born and raised by the pyramids is where she spent most of her days. Chilling out, relaxing, grooming herself all cool and all chewing on the humani outside by the pool. When a couple of twins who were up to no good started making trouble in her neighborhood. They got in one huge fight and the island got scared. Everyone running around screaming, let's get out of here. Jumping through shadow rumps Egypt came near. She landed on the sand and the humani quaked with fear. But soon she got tired of licking sand out of her hair, so she said, I forget this. I'm off to Bel Air. Now she's got one huge estate near the L.A. Strip, a manslave sinew head to bring her tons of catnip. It's finally time to kick back for a nap in her lair, and that's how she became the cat goddess of Bel Air. So there, there was um, one moment where we uh, see Bastet afraid. True. Yes. When big Sophie... curling 
Actually, that's not true. There were two moments. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Sir Nunos kind of, or Kernunos, because Jeff always yells at me. Scared, scared the <laughs> she, Yeah, she sounded enough. like she was going to pee her pants. Not going to lie. She was... And then bury it in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she seemed, uh, she seemed very afraid when Paranel inhabited Sophie and said all of her names and I think some of that has to do with the power in a name but she was also very scared when Nunos yeah. popped up out of nowhere with the whole name thing I don't know if it's so much the power of a name as more as much as she knows a lot more than uh, we think she knows and I think it's more the knowledge is power like who is this woman because everyone's they sort of know who Paranel is but no one really knows everything about her. That's true. She is one scary lady. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be I'd be a little scared if, you know, a uh, teenage girl inhabited by a well-trained sorceress <laughs> with a silver aura <laughs> came at me. With a huge whip <laughs> yeah. that was turning my all my armies into their feral forms again. I'd be a little afraid of that and the knowledge behind that. So. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting that the when, you know, Paranel first inhabited, for lack of a better word, Sophie, you know, she's, I mean, she's right there in Bastet's face, as it were, and threatening to return her to her original form. You know, she says something like, what will, what will we see if I touch you? And, which is very interesting. I mean, I don't think Bastet's going to turn into a house cat. Mm, no. Um, so exactly what, what scares Bastet about that? What is her original form? And why, with some unknown girl, she's actually no matter what she says, <laughs> is she scared? She's actually a dog uh, that she's actually scared about. You know why? Because I don't think does Paranel announce that she's Paranel when she's talking through Sophie, uh, or does she just take on Bastet? I don't think she does announce who she is. I think she just overtakes her. But I think, I yeah. think that Bastet realizes that. Something's going on there, and she's genuinely scared of this fifteen-year-old girl. That's you know seems to know a lot about her. So, mm-hmm. really, very scared. I mean, I think I I remember this because I thought it was such a great imagery. But her hair bristled, her cat hair bristled. Plus, she got goosebumps, which I thought was just really wonderful imagery of because you get the cat reaction and the the human reaction or the human body. She reaction. got cat bumps. Cat bumps. <laughs> Shaking in her kitty litter. <laughs> I would not want to change that box. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Senua. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, what else is there about Basti? She is one of the few elders that we know of that actually lived on Danu Talus. Yes. It's true. Well, I we wonder... know Hecate and Mars and the witch. Yes, but she's one of the few that's totally. walking around that actually lived and ruled on Danutelis. I'm wondering if that was part of what she was frightened of. If when Paranel was speaking through Sophie, if it reminded her of something from Danutelis, you know, because obviously here's someone who knows all her names and that's part of her history, which would link back to the island, I would think. Maybe she knows her original name. Yeah. Maybe her original name is Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be scary. 
But no, you know, part of that fear, you know, it could have rem- reminded her of the power of the original yeah, twin. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mm-hmm. say. Exactly. And which, again, could also be reminding her of Sophie. Possibly. <laughs> I won't let that go till the end of the Enchantress. <laughs> Unless proven wrong prior to. <laughs> so, but do we think her fear of, I, I mean, it seems to me her fear of Sununos then to sort of carry that through as if she was living on Donutalis, she, she probably heard stories of the Archons, but thought the myths, right? Like a, a, a Humani living now would think Bastet or the Morrigan or Mars would be myth, yeah. right? So she probably thought the Archons were myths or at the very least not in existence anymore. Yeah. And Kanunos is kind of a creepy looking guy. He's a big dude with horns. He's going to stomp on a cat face. Yeah. He's a big, he's a big yeah. hairy dude with horns. <laughs> Well, you know, if he wasn't Harry, he had... And not a Viking. Wouldn't be so scary. Not a Viking. (laughs) (laughs) Not a Viking? Um, Well, the fact that he... If he was a Viking, the fact that he had his horns means his wife was faithful. Oh, is that what that means? If... Yeah, they wear the horns because if their wife's unfaithful to them, their horns fall off. Oh. I did not know that part of that. That's why... Yeah. that's, That's why the helmets have horns on them. I don't really know what it means. I don't know. I don't really understand the connotation, but... Anyways, <laughs> anyway, it has nothing to do with Carnunos anymore. No, because um, <laughs> he has his. Horns. I think her. I think mean, yeah. I think her fear is just straight up. Oh my god, well, myth walking the earth. Well, maybe she thought they were all dead. I mean, weren't they my under orders. the impression that the Archons had perished? So maybe, holy cow! At the very least, yeah. Literally, who am I? Holy cow! You know, it might have not so much necessarily been a fear of Carnunos, but a fear of who, who's her boss. That's that's possible. Like, because if she knows the myths of the Archons and how powerful and strong and that they were, and you know we see Kernunos is you know he's a pretty bad dude. He is mm-hmm. pretty bad dude. So, the fact that her boss is able to call into service and control Kernunos, what does that mean for her boss? Yep. Like good point. Oh, right. Okay. Maybe I don't know my boss as well as I thought I did. <laughs> it's time to find yeah, a new employer and... <laughs> right well and that sort of feeds into the um did she stay on the earth because she wasn't truly a dark elder as we're defining them now and does this give her pause based mm-hmm. pun intended based yeah. on what's going on so, like back on that to sort of kind of reemphasize it is you know maybe she was tapped and once her because, I mean, obviously, there probably aren't too many people in Egypt that still worship Bastet and Ra and Not anymore, all the, no. the old gods. So maybe the fact that there was that, that falling out, as it were, angered Bastet and maybe she was sort of tapped as the resource for the Dark Elders. Or ah. maybe she stayed because she knew her baby brother Mars was still on Earth. Perhaps. It's one of those relations. Yeah, the the sibling relationships. And she wanted to be able to keep an eye on him. I mean, I'm certainly under the impression that everyone's related to everyone. Kind of seems that way. Yes. When it comes to the elders. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot like, like the like lots a- of ancient different royal lines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's a brother and a sister and an uncle and a mom and a dad. Speaking you know? of relatives, or niece. Oh, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Sometimes it works. <laughs> Segways. <laughs> Those are fun, too. <laughs> the Morgan. The Morrigan. So we got a cat and a crow. I don't know how those are related, yeah. but, you know. Well, 
Bastet must try to eat the Morgan on a daily basis. <laughs> Either that, or she sits in the window and bats at the screen when the Morgan walks by. <laughs> there is a lovely image. Oh, there's <laughs> You know, Sandy so has to come in and spray her with the water bottle to get her off the curtains. It's probably true. Off the counter. <laughs> and then he rubs her belly. She starts to... With the clots. Then she starts to knead. <laughs> and then oh. the Morgan taunts yeah. from outside the window. Pops <laughs> back and forth. And then one day, Sandy woke up and there was a dead bird. It was a gift. <laughs> No, no, no. The Morgan is not dead. (laughs) But she is serving her aunt and did suggest to have her awakened. I think that was uh, interesting that she's definitely tied to that whole group, you know, Dee's elder. In doing research about the Morgan, obviously, you know, heavy in the the Celtic mythologies, um, where she's not death itself, but sort of the keeper of death. She was often seen as determining who was going to live and who was going to die in a battle. She was, the, she was like the Reaper. Yes. Um, Wasn't it her and her sisters? And, well, they were di- they were different aspects okay. of the, the thing. The, the Morgan, the Morgan was seen as specifically the um, because of the the crow and the raven imagery. They referred to her as sort of shrieking over the battlefield, so that she would either summon soldiers to fight or it would be determining who was going to win that particular battle and who was going to die. And then one of her sisters, and I apologize, I don't remember which one, was also seen as sometimes the washer of the, at, called the washer at the ford, where she would be washing the clothes of the soldiers and therefore determining who was going to live and who was going to die. So the Morrigan was the more, as I see it, more, the Morrigan was the sort of more aggressive of the three aspects of that kind of, of keeper of death. It kind of uh, sounds similar to actually the Valkyries. Yes. Um, they, um, it's very similar. They both use magic to control warriors and to determine who was going to live and who was going to die and um, how a battle was going to go, all of those sorts of things. Well, and it sounds a little bit like uh, the story because, you know, in the series, the Morgan's very much the, the dark sister and then Babt and Maka are, you know, the, the two that are more... I don't want to say lighthearted because they don't seem very lighthearted, but, you know, they, they seem more willing to help others. Yeah, it's interesting because one of the things, one of the three faces I saw it is defined as war, fate, and death. But death in a gentler, less violent aspect than war. You know, sort of like a helping of the souls or a helping of the spirits, as it were, rather than um, you're going to die today and you're not. You know, so the the different the different aspects of that. Also, what I thought was interesting is that the what I read is the the Celts would leave the battlefield at nightfall until dawn, because then the Morrigan gets to claim her trophies at night. That was due to her for her assistance on their side of the battle. The nighttime was her realm until dawn on the battlefield. Hmm. I thought that was really interesting. With her black cape and her, you know. So they each took like an eight-hour shift. Yeah, pretty much. Or in this case, <laughs> in the case of the series, they kind of each take parts of the year is what it sounded like. You know, where they were stronger. Yeah. That is, of course, yeah. until the Morgan necromancer sisters and trick them. Yes. <laughs> well, also the um, the different aspects have, 
different relations in terms of the seasons. I mean, obviously, you know, there's one more season than there are the three of them. But the in terms of what when the when the world is theoretically dying or dormant in winter and when it's reviving more in the spring, when it's alive in the summer, those sorts of things relate to the, the three aspects of her personality or the three faces of the goddess. Okay. That makes sense. She was also specifically referred to a lot as one of the people of the goddess Danu, which, of course, then relates in our stories to Danutalis. Mm-hmm. So very directly linked to the island and what went on there. Is there anything in mythology about who her parents are? No, um, not as much. I mean, again, it seems like the, but she's part of the, I mean, it, it translates in English to people of the goddess Danu, but the Tuatha de, de Danan, okay. they're specifically that that mythology. But again, everybody's related to everybody, and I couldn't find anything that specifically talked about who who what her origins So were. she hatched out of an egg. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Like a bird. You know, she's a bird, yeah, right? Exactly. That was my thought. <laughs> there you Which go. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, don't know. Right? <laughs> the cat or the raven? I've been wondering with our story, it, I mean, Bastet and the Morrigan are very similar to the other, in, in terms of form and the other creatures that we have seen that can, but that they transform from a human form to an animal form. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they were, I mean, they're the first variation of that. I mean, why do they have, why are they human and animal? Where does that come from? And was that an iteration, a more powerful iteration than the other clans that we've seen? Well, if you trust, and how that all if you trust what Scatty says, she said that the next generation, so that would include the Morgan. It was because of, the wild magic that was released after the fall of Danutalis. But I'm not sure if I buy that because you've got Scatty that, I mean, other than being cursed to look like a 17-year-old. But that's just it. I don't know if that word cursed really necessarily means they were actually cursed, like Mars was cursed. If it's just the curse of the next generation sort of thing. Ah, you mean some people ended up looking like a, a cat and some people ended up looking like a teenager? I guess. Yeah, and some people. Yeah, Scatty got the good end of the, the deal. Is, yeah, I mean, it's just I right. Know no, that that, ma- that makes sense. That somehow you're either frozen in time, or some of the magical energies hit you one way or the other. That sort of thing. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't really explain that would make sense. Bastet because she's an elder, not a next generation. So I don't know. Well, look at Arapanop is a giant spider. True. So that's just the way they look. It's the creatures, but. As far as like the next generation, they seem to you know refer to it as if it's a curse. You know, I don't know that Cascadi's necessarily cursed to look like a seventeen-year-old, so much as she's so, quote unquote she's stuck there. Yeah. Well, maybe she right. sees yeah, I mean, it as it's a just curse. sort of a result of. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I think that's a good point. I mean, in terms of the use of the word "curse," because obviously Mars's curse is quite different than hers. Yeah. I would agree with that. So I actually I find the if you couldn't tell I find the Morgan fascinating both her <laughs> her I mean a she's one of the as as far as we know at this point she's the only other three-faced goddess three aspect goddess that we have right now with Hecate gone and yeah. being able to see now her sisters yeah. 
and how they manifest different aspects I think is going to be really interesting and how I'm, I'm really curious as to how the fact that the Morrigan took over their communal body, how that plays into the sort of the history of the story. When did that happen? Why did that happen? Does it relate to the fall of Danotalus? All of those sorts of things. And why did they feel so strongly about helping Paranel? Yeah. You know, did they just do it yeah. because to be contrary? Or did they do it because they had something invested in having that happen? Yeah, I think it's interesting that you kind of get both sides from essentially one character. I mean, they're not one mm-hmm. character, but you kind of get both sides of the fence. And I think at some point that line's kind of going to blur and it's going to be hard to tell which side the body yeah, is on. I don't know yeah. if it... Yeah, now, absolutely. Can we be certain it wasn't... It was actually Babda and Matcha and not the Morrigan? Well, I think it was the eyes, right? Again, it was an the eye color thing. The eyes changed color. Yeah. I think that's how she was able... How Paranel was able to tell. But that's no guarantee. I mean, they're all in the same body. So... Mm-hmm. But it, it depends on... If the eye color change is a constant that they can't... They can't affect... And that's how you know when it's one or the other. That then it was definitely not the Morrigan. But if if you have control of the body and you can change the eye color, then there's no way to be certain. And we've been told eye color is important. Yes, I have a chart. <laughs> <laughs> I do as well. Not that I'm obsessive or anything. <laughs> no, none of us are. We just spend time talking on nope. a podcast about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I kind of enjoyed that at the at the end of the sorceress, you kind of got this, the coin kind of got flipped and it's like, oh, hey, Paranel is finally getting a break. Not that she really needs that much help, but. She needed help yeah, to get off that yeah, island. She, yeah, absolutely. And you weren't I, really sure. Yeah. You know, until it happened. I thought that was really good. Especially there at the end, you were like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's a lot there. It just feels like there's a lot, a lot more that we're going to see there that will, that incorporated in the Morrigan is going to be a lot of answers that Mm -hmm. her story will be able to tell a lot of the story that we're going to find out at some point. Well, I mean, she seems to kind of play this somewhat minor role, but then she's like, she's tied to so many characters. I mean, she took D to his elders to make him when he became immortal. Right, exactly. She's related to Vastat. She's got Babd and Maka who have now helped Paranel. And it's like, she seems like this, this minor character. But then when you start thinking about the number of different characters she's actually affected in the story, she's made a huge difference. She touched his touch so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she contributed to the death of Hecate. and Yeah. And I think that one we still have not heard the end of yet. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. There's got to be repercussions to something like that, you know? Most definitely. Well, I mean, the the witch pretty much called for, you know, their heads on a silver platter, as it were. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That'd be an and there's someone I wouldn't want to ma- I no. wouldn't want to have mad at me. That's a whole <laughs> other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think uh, we have pretty much covered all of our fine, feathered, and furry friends this evening. Ooh, very, good. <laughs> very good. So that's all we have for this episode. Next time, we will be talking about the long, 
awaited and anticipated the necromancer yay yay <laughs> so our next episode will definitely be containing lots of spoilers so yes so don't listen if you haven't finished the book yet uh, yes next time around so be sure to send us your thoughts about the necromancer for our next episode you can email those at awakenings at flamels-immortal-portal.com and if you get a free moment uh, hop over to Podcast Alley throw us a vote, we'd really appreciate that and I think that's all we have for this episode until the next Legate opens this is Jamie Machu Picchu Sean and Rachel signing off This podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. And now after that interruption. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, you liked it, Sean. I did. Okay. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so bad, it's good. No. So no. bad, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Sometimes when it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> uh wait, I can't say that. Now we've got <laughs> Since well, let's just cut everything, everything I just said out. <laughs> let's just cut everything I said out. <laughs> right on. So I'm not I'm not real happy. Why is it hot pink? <laughs> no. no. Alrighty. Emails? <laughs> Where'd Sean go? Did we lose Sean? Sean. All Jamie and Rachel all the time. I'm here. Oh, okay. oh there we are. <laughs> I was like, we lost Sean. <laughs> Must have just dropped off for a second or something. Nodding off over there. Sorry. <laughs> Not entertaining enough for you. All right. It's like midnight here. No, it's not. Why is it nine? Right. Nine. Might as well be midnight. <laughs> just kidding, like, Hello. Sorry about that. That one was mine. <laughs> okay. It was well timed. <laughs> Jackpot is saying hello and giving his opinions. Jackpot. That one dude with That's the big everything. hands and the big feet. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. The dog agrees too. Oh. Yeah. Yes. The dog, the dog is deciding to be really. We actually have some carbon fiber shafts at work. I have a carbon fiber airplane oh. at work. Ooh. <laughs> I have both. Actually, it's in Seattle. You tell people <laughs> I'm a rocket scientist? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well tell people I collect tolls at the Garden, on the Golden, Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> making fun of Jamie through Sheldon. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you to realize it, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> Fail. Anybody else want to take this? It's all yours. Okay. Nope. Um, wait, uh... <laughs>
Is that so? Did you want to say something? <laughs> All right. The long-awaited and anticipated. But <laughs> 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 well, we're talking about cats and birds, right? So the dogs had to get in there. <laughs> Don't leave quiet. us out. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's try this again. Okay. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next playgate opens, this is Jamie <laughs> and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jeff. Sean. And Rachel. <laughs> Barking off. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Could have sworn he was barking in response to mine who just got <laughs> Sophie <laughs> my goodness <laughs> want to try that again <laughs>